0: Hello, welcome to today's episode on Confessions of a Cleaning Business Owner. The podcast is going to be a little bit different. We've got a special guest, Claire Dorr here, and you've got me, Louise, who will be chatting to Claire about a lot of female subjects, um, possibly sex, relationships, the whole range of things. So as a brief introduction to Claire, I'm going to run through some of the things that she's achieved over the last few years, and she might sit there and look a little bit embarrassed about this, but... So some of the accolades that Claire's done. So Claire is firstly a mindset and embodiment coach, coach, sorry. She's a keynote speaker, author of The Dating Empress and The Rebel Queen. She is single and divorced, having left her ex after 21 years. And we're gonna talk about that in a second. Uh, Mum of three, all three of those were born within four years of each other. And most importantly, and why she relates to us as cleaning business owners, she's a true entrepreneur. She's had three businesses, She's just completed writing a book and that will be published soon on her journey about post-divorce and sexual empowerment. She's run three marathons. She's currently the dating expert on Dublin City FM every Friday. Uh, She's an absolute lover of CrossFit, has an amazing six pack. I'm very jealous. Um, And she goes to CrossFit six times a week. She modelled in her late teens. And prior to all of this, she had a career in advertising pre-children. So, wow, that's quite a lot. But Claire, I've been watching you on uh, Facebook, but I know you're on quite a few other platforms over the last couple of years. And I have been riveted by this journey. You have been talking, (laughs) not just, you know, what you had for lunch and things. It's been pretty much like, um, what do you call like a show, like Coronation Street um, dating for two years. You have been sharing no holds barred, about your dating journey. Tell us all about what's been going on the last couple of years.
1: Yes, um, thank you, Louise. It's an honor to be here. And it was lovely to hear those accolades back. I was like, oh yeah, I did that. I've created that. Yeah, I love that. Um, Yeah, it has been a big two years. um, And I would say probably the biggest thing is, essentially I've navigated the spiritual awakening. Um, That's what caused me to leave my ex-husband. I recognised I'd been unhappy for a good nine years in in my marriage. And, yeah, just didn't have the confidence and courage to really leave. Um, There was a lot of fear that was really, like, paralysing me. And um, I, yeah, I went through the start of an awakening in July 21, which really gave me that kind of... um, Yeah, the the boost really. And it was almost like a moment in time where it was like, okay, this is non-negotiable now. Like you need to prioritize your happiness. And um, I'd say it was like, it was like my soul was screaming at me is what I kind of describe it as. It was like, I heard it so clearly. And I think when you are really tuned into your intuition and like your truest kind of voice, it comes with this authority. And it really felt like that message to leave was like came with this energy of authority, you know. So um, I said to my ex-husband, I'm leaving. And it was a huge shock for him. He hadn't seen it coming. Um, And then I'd say the next five months, really, I kind of went into a little bit of a, I want to say slight hibernation Um, because I was navigating huge growth Um, so going through an awakening is not comfortable like I mean I'm a coach so I'm constantly evolving and developing myself but an awakening is like that on steroids like it was like someone strapped me into a roller coaster and, and put me on like you know 600 miles an hour and I was like feeling talk about crack yourself open so it was just like feeling on a whole new level and you know when you go through divorce you're you're processing grief regardless of who left like I was processing a ton of grief alongside you know this huge expansion that I was kind of feeling and so I kind of immersed from that in December 21 and um, and all alongside this by the way Elena, you know, while I was going through this process my business was exploding, like this absolutely is I exploding. Saw you. As a coach, yeah, brilliant. You are booming, absolutely booming. Like those five months when I was navigating like huge emotional stuff, my business absolutely flew, and it just shows that even when you're navigating grief and all these really deep, like you know what we've been kind of um, wired to think are very dark kind of um you know emotions that actually can, can wipe you out yes i was you know wiped out at times but when you allow yourself to feel all of those you get highly magnetic i talk about magnetism a lot and how we you know we can magnetize our clients to us and so that's what that was what was happening to me like my my business absolutely flew it's the biggest turnover year i've ever had um Another yeah, one again. <laughs> another you are again. Have another big year again. <laughs> Absolutely, keep those coming. Um, but it just shows anything is possible, even when you are going through a massive life change. But yeah, December twenty one is when I was starting to come out of this, and um, you know, I think the whole process of all of it. I mean, even when I first said to my ex, "I'm leaving," it was like I felt like a different woman straight away immediately it was like I was being myself you know I'd come home to myself essentially but um I stepped into dating my first date actually was New Year's Eve 2021 oh. like you do like why not why not have a first date on New Year's Eve and um yeah it's been um a really interesting journey like I've fully thrown myself into it And some people say, oh, you know, you need to do your healing before you date. I did it alongside. But you... every single... Yeah, go on.
0: You don't just talk about dating. I mean, you've really (laughs) gone for it. You went abroad to, like, try and met different relationship coaches. I mean, you didn't just date. You did everything. Like, I've seen you've been to different clubs and you really tested everything, didn't
1: you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've I've been all over the world on sex retreats, um I've been, I went I went to a sex club in, in Greece. I mean, like, yeah, I really have thrown myself into it. And, you know, it was a, an incredible year. It was painful, like, because there was a lot of healing that I was going through, you know, feeling all the rejection, going through the ghosting, that was a really big thing in dating. Um, but all of that, like, caused me to really heal myself. And every single guy that I dated, every experience I had, kind of taught me something about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've now birthed a whole book about so ah uh, the oh. names you
0: give these guys as well. I love oh. them Mr. whatever you choose of the area. and and you keep sort of keep us updated each each week. We get an update as to how Mr. Whoever is progressing. And it is lovely. And do these
1: men ever see it? Do they ever come across online? They must. Um, they, some of them are aware that I've been writing a book and um, I some of them know that I've been talking about it on social media as well. Um, it's really interesting. I get a very mixed response around the fact that I might be writing about them. They all know they have a character name. I don't always tell them what their name is. Um, but um I mean, yeah, there will be men when the book is released will will recognize themselves. But I don't say anything bad about them because the whole purpose of it is going, what did they teach me? Like what did I learn from that experience? And that's really essentially what I'm kind of, you know, the the thread of teaching that I'm doing through the book as well, you know. So it's very much a, a memoir, but You know, I'm kind of hoping the reader takes that and goes, ah, that's happened to me. Okay, so this is what I can now start to, this is a new perspective for me to look at.
0: So I wanted to ask, because obviously I have been absolutely glued to this, absolutely loved it. But when I was talking about your introduction, it was clear from beginning, uh, before obviously the divorce, you had teenage children, 43, three three teenage children. yeah. And I have a teenager and I am regularly told I am the most embarrassing mum in the whole of the world, as I'm sure everyone with a teenage son or daughter is told. And if I think to the cleaning industry, some people are sometimes a little bit embarrassed to say, look, I am a cleaner or something like that. Um, But you've taken really quite taboo subjects. So something that Mm. your teenagers should ban you from talking about, mums do not have sex. Like that's just a fact, Mm. right? (laughs) From Mm. a teenager's point of view. Um, But you've not just, you know, talked about it. You have embraced it, shared it with the world in a way that really is cleaner. Sometimes we're embarrassed to say we're a cleaner. So how do you Mm. deal with that taboo and that
1: perception of yourself? Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Just to speak to, you know, actually the cleaning kind of industry and, you know, topics like sex that are are taboo, shouldn't be taboo. Um, I think there are, you know, for cleaning, for example, I think there's been, you know, society's almost slapped a stigma on it. And, and I'd almost liken it to sexually um, transmitted diseases. I, I talk about that okay massive stigma isn't there huge stigma it's almost like you know why is it that society you know deems being a cleaner or having a cleaning business you know being an entrepreneur being a a CEO of a company right when you look at it like that yeah because yeah why is that any different from any other company but there's this stigma attached isn't it there is a stigma attached. And yeah, I talk about sexually transmitted diseases because that just popped in my mind. It's like this stigma. And the thing is, like, you know, why is it? I don't even know if we want to go on this topic. But, you know, why is it that, that there is a separate clinic for people with STIs? Just in case no? they stop
0: taking seats, I don't know. Like,
1: clearly. You know? I mean, like, really, like fascinating right um but um yeah I think you know there's so many taboo subjects and I know we're going to be talking about one one today um but yeah I like to bring all of those taboo subjects right up to the breakfast table like I talk to my kids about monogamy and the fact that I most likely won't be in a monogamous relationship
0: and and how did they respond because they had mum in classic sort of advertising career how did you transition because if i rocked up one day and suddenly started chatting to my kids in this way like that would be mind-blowing for them
1: yeah this is um a really interesting actually In something that i am very conscious of is that and i talk to my kids about this as well it's like how actually for most of their lives i modeled conforming you know i i was in a career, I then set up my own business when my kids were young, but you know, got married, um, had children, bought a beautiful house, was building a house with my ex-husband when I actually left him. Like we were building our dream, right? So it was very much the fairy tale, like, and as a little girl, like, that's what I thought I wanted, the fairy tale. And what I realized is that actually, That's what society had dictated to me, Um, and yeah, now I'm like behaving in the complete opposite way, which is why I call myself a bit of a rebel queen, because yeah, there is, you know, I break the rules, Um, I date multiple guys, you know, that is not conforming as a woman, you know, I'm not saying, oh, here's a man, I'm going to date you for X amount of time, and oh, by the way, oh, we better not sleep together for X, Y, Z. I get to decide. I I decide if I want to sleep with him the first night, second night, whatever, right? Yeah. But society, and if you think about like when I um was young and like sex was taboo, behind closed doors, you don't talk about that.
0: You don't even talk, let alone actually so, you know, do these no- things. And how could you talk to the man openly about it as well? You can't talk openly to him because we're not taught the
1: words. Exactly. So we're, we're muted in the bedroom. And so, yeah, that was very much how I was, you know? So yeah, my children are on massive catch up and I see that. And so is my ex-husband to be fair. Like, you know, I think he probably looks at me and goes, who is this woman? (laughs) You know, and, um, uh, you know he knows about some of the things I've got up to because he he has a new girlfriend who looks at me on on online on social media and I don't even know what her name is so it's not like I can like stop her seeing anything I'm public and the thing is I kind of think well my life is about to be very public with this book launching and I know that that is is going to be huge and so there are You know, the conversations I've started with my children around sex and, you know, how I date and monogamy and all of those things um, is really just the stepping stone to what I then need to talk to them about before I release my book. Because there will be some information in there that actually, you know, they could hear from other people, even though they, they probably will not read my book. I don't even feel like they can if they want to, but it's not for them. It's not, no. you know, it's not, it's not even for my mum, like, my mum's really excited about the book, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, it. I don't think, <laughs> like, I think it would really shock her, you know, um, because it's so radically different to where she is, and so I have a lot of compassion for women who are in a marriage and conforming, because I was that, what, that, that woman, and you know my growth and evolution has been fast you know i speak to some coaches and they're like what you've navigated in 2 years is is what i've done in 25 yeah it's radical
0: but and you've been really honest you will say oh, i sat there all night crying like and it's like oh my goodness yeah and um, but we see this we see this transformation in the cleaning industry where can we cleaning business owners they will go from themselves to suddenly going oh can you help me I'm going to start cleaning for myself they go self-employed and then suddenly they start rocketing and they take on staff and they're growing quite rapidly and then they hit the point of really going actually I don't know who I am and and it's normally around the 10-12 staff mark and this is where we usually say cleaning businesses come unstuck because that's the point where they need to evolve as a manager and they've never seen themselves as a manager and their perception, they really, really struggle with suddenly evolving as a person. Mm. I'm guessing you deal with this quite a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, it's shedding an old identity essentially and really almost like stepping into and embodying the fact that they have created an empire and mm-hmm. they are now sitting in the CEO seat and it's almost like they have to let go of, you know, everything that they were doing previously. So yeah, it is a huge evolution and one that, you know, can be uncomfortable, right? Because it's like, they might have enjoyed the cleaning, they might still enjoy the cleaning, but to be able to step into that, you know, those new shoes, they have to let go of some things
0: they struggle because they're friends with mm. the cleaners that's how they grew you know they are bound my best friends we all do it together I wouldn't ask them to do right. anything that I don't do and, you know they were in the community and that's how they see themselves and suddenly it's like I'm really sorry you're gonna have to change and they're like oh no no and that's that's fun really fun watching it yeah
1: yeah because you know when you're friends with you know your your workers essentially. Um, that will bring up all sorts of you know people pleasing you know not wanting to upset anyone but essentially you know they are in charge and they are overseeing their work and there'll be uncomfortable conversations for sure yeah and that's the growth
0: so I want to cover a little bit here because I actually started talking to you um, saying cleaning is quite an interesting industry. So we've talked about cleaning business owners, but it's an interesting one because cleaning business owners are working all day physically they will plan themselves in for five or six hours cleaning two members of staff will go off they will find themselves cleaning for 10 12 hours a day they are physically exhausted and then they have to run a business on top of that and i shared my story in a very small group i'm about to share it on this podcast which now goes all over the world um a few years ago i i Um, was diagnosed with a prolapse and if I'm really honest it was actually when oh gosh I'm going to share far too much here it was when I was out supervising some teenagers on a walk and I did what you call an adventure wee and I suddenly went what what's this and I was like hang on that's been there quite a while and I probably had a prolapse for about eight months before I actually took a moment in a field alone and I suddenly went this isn't right and it didn't come overnight It, it it's had grown I guess or whatever you call it had happened over some time and I think for me it was quite shocking I was working fast-paced long hours and I just hadn't noticed my own body and I think this happens I know this happens a lot with a lot of cleaning business owners we don't have time to even notice what our bodies are saying to ourselves and you very much believe that actually what's going on in our body is from really what's going on in the mind and the psychology behind it so yeah give me your Mm. thoughts on this because this is not just
1: yeah oh yeah no this is this is huge and I think you know we have been wired to live in our heads and essentially it's our bodies that is our subconscious mind and actually is the place where we can heal and, and grow from but also the place of absolute wisdom so when we are not tuned into it um like we're not hearing those cues because you know i've had a prolapse too as you know and um i know exactly what that message was to me and you know i'm i'm yeah i will share but i'm a great believer in um and we we've touched on this before actually louise i'm a great believer in that um when you don't process emotional stuff it becomes a physical manifestation so Louise Hay has written a book on that, Heal Your Life. Um, I I love it. Uh, Yeah, it's so good.
0: After you recommended it, I bought it. I was like, I went through. So it's got a a sort of chart and everything that's wrong with you. She says, oh, I read what my prolapse problem was. I was like, no, no, totally in denial about that. No, okay, well, look at that then. And um, it has a list of exactly what what you're hiding from, what you're afraid of. And, And actually it's really, really accurate
1: yeah I mean it it's probably my most used book as a coach like if my clients come to me and will say oh you know this is hurting today like they'll just drop it in conversation and then I'm like look at the book and I'm like okay let's have a look at the emotional cause and it's bang on every time and then suddenly the next day it's all cleared out of their body um but yeah I um so yeah I got my prolapse oh god I can't remember when that was I was still married then actually I remember that showed up and I felt it like I actually felt it rock I was like oh my gosh like what is this and I was running at the time running up a hill and going too fast basically you know and well that was me pushing my body and that was a very old that's a whole nother conversation about how I was very much in my masculine energy so always on always busy never stopped and I felt so that caused me to stop like I couldn't work out right so I was like oh my god got the mirror you know had a look went shit like oh shit went on google yeah okay I know what that is like yeah. And um yeah, the same like how you felt. Like I was shocked. I was like, oh God. And I was like, oh my God, like this is not good. But for me, because it caused me to stop, I then could then tune into actually what I felt was really going on under the surface. And I felt it was a really big kind of um wake up call to say, fucking slow down oh I didn't check if I could swear try not to (laughs) it's not a pg try not to Okay. okay only one okay um yeah slow down like stop and it caused me to stop and I went to the doctor and she confirmed um what it was and she started talking about surgery right I got home and I was like, You're
0: lucky. they don't offer that much
1: right I was like there is absolute full body no surgery I'm not having that I'm not having it she booked me in to go back in a week later because she was like a registrar doctor and she couldn't she wasn't she wasn't as um I don't know skilled up on it she was like can you come back in a week let's like see how you are go and do your pelvic floor exercises Anyway, I spent that week just uh, focusing on my mindset, slowing down, visualizing, it healed. And um, I also was doing all the pelvic floor exercises, but actually they teach you the wrong way. Yes, you the way it, they te- you? Yes! <laughs> the way they teach you in the, N- the NHS is actually the wrong way. Um, I also found a brilliant um, physiotherapist for your
0: womb. yep there's a brilliant Lovely, amazing group. there's a brilliant facebook yeah. group Hot pelvic organ prolapse and um and oh. there, there are specialists all over the place i now know but there's lots of support online and i think one of the things that flagged up when i was talking about this is people were saying they are having c-sections hysterectomies and they are not getting support they are not getting the physio support like you said but it's mindset and physio isn't it I think it's all of it
1: because I went back a week later and I remember the situation. It was hilarious. So there I am with my legs spread and um, the two the, the two doctors are there, both female, thankfully. And they're like, where is it? Where's <laughs> it gone? Oh, but it,
0: can, <laughs> but, it can't disappear when you're on your back. So I'm guessing they got you to move around a bit. Oh, yeah.
1: No, no it had reversed. really it had reversed and I was like wow that is just shows how powerful we are as human beings and how we can really heal ourselves and um yeah like it was back to where it was supposed to be and And,
0: um stories where
1: this happens there are so many mm -hmm. stories where people heal themselves Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, essentially you can heal yourself from anything, is my belief. Um, And I think when you start to really tune in to yourself and tap into, you know, actually, what is your body really communicating in this moment? um, And, you know, really work on that. There's, yeah, there's there's so much. Um, And this is very much, you know, kind of like what I support my clients with, is helping them to live in their bodies and out of their heads because that is always where where the gold is
0: so i'm going to ask you some of the common things so obviously in the cleaning industry mm-hmm. it's a manual job it's physical we are going to see a lot of repetitive strain injury so wrists uh, lower backs do you know have you ever tried even mm-hmm. office cleaning if you're slightly leaning forwards to clean the desk so lower backs wrists I sometimes wonder, is it all in our heads or is there actually, you know, physically problems here? What's kind of your take on this if we're seeing repetitive strain injuries?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, well, I do CrossFit. So, um, you know, how you lift, for example, like, you know, I lift heavy weights, you know, there's a certain technique. And if I was lifting it or just going to the gym and just lifting it myself, I would probably not lift it correctly. And I think, you know, if you're cleaning, then yeah, there's gonna be something around the way that you're doing it. But um, I mean, lower back and, you know, your back is generally around support. You know, sometimes it can be to do with money. Like if it's your lower back, I think it's financial support. Um, But higher up, it's like, you know, kind of like emotional support, I believe. Um, So, yeah, something to be conscious of and be just just curious about, it, really. Just yeah. curious about. It.
0: And that when you get the issues, there may be something a little bit more than just, I've got a bad back today. And let's, you know, how many times are we told to roll your legs from one side to another, release the trap nerves and things like that? Actually, there there is often an awful lot more behind it. And I've got to say, this does when I first heard this, I was like, oh come on, really? and then i was like i got into it and went oh, this is actually true and oh i'm going to have to face it i don't like this but it's growth and it's painful mm-hmm.
1: is it yeah so- oh if it's uncomfortable then then that's
0: absolutely the place to look I, I've, I've had chats with Claire. Where I'm like, stop talking to me. I don't, want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. There's a lot. She's like, there's an awful lot you're hiding, isn't there? And I'm like, yes, there is. Let's keep <laughs> it. Together. No thanks. Um, but while we're on the physicality, so something that, um, comes up again and again and again, we've talked about prolapse. And I'm going to move on with that from that. Cause although it affects a lot of women, there is a couple of things that affects even more of us. So, um, monthly Cycles right so pretty much most women have this and we are going to come on to menopause in a second but monthly Cycles and um, it is it can be absolutely debilitating but it's also for us as business owners how many of our staff because we have a lot of women in the theme uh, women in the cleaning industry um so our staff can be predominantly women and it can literally be affected by the monthly cycle, they can all get into sync, and suddenly one, or about two or three days a month, oh, the arguments, people are not coming in, as a business owner, it's almost like you can predict it, how on earth do we deal with that, but also, we're going through it as well.
1: Yeah, Um, I think um, there's, yeah, really tuning into your cycle, I think, is really important because again, it's like your body, you know, it's your is the wisdom, right? And um, you know, as women we have these cycles. And something that I like I've learned and um, you know, having coached women for years as well, is like when you start to really tune into your cycle and notice like your energy, it's all about energy, you can really start to then harness the power of it and um I know for myself, like as soon as I get my period, I actually have a burst of energy. Okay. Like my week where I need to look after myself, be under the duvet more, you know, more self-care is actually um my like the week before, so PMT week. And whatever you do um in your pit what what they say though, like people who I don't think I'm normal like having that burst of energy when you have your period I think most people say that they're quite flawed then um and I think that's what you're saying as well but um
0: I don't know yeah I get the same as you actually now I get get a
1: burst of energy okay
0: and I'm like yeah let's go swimming I was like nah, maybe not such a good idea or like let's do this and and yeah and then I think "Hmm, not sure about that but yes I want
1: to Ah, well that's interesting about the swimming thing, right? Because I've heard that um, like Olympic swimmers, the coaches always want the women to be on their period, like to get their period, because apparently there is something in that. Um, And I know from when I was running marathons, like I was always so happy that my period would come. Every single marathon I ran, for some reason I was always on my period and that helped me to go faster. Oh, really? So it's interesting. But I think, you know, for those women here who are listening who maybe have like really heavy periods and actually feel really drained in those days, um, because we're all different, you know, all of our bodies are different. Um, they say that whatever you do in your period week is what affects your PMT week. The following
0: so, one. So you, you have your period week. Yeah, and PMT, the following one. Three weeks so later.
1: Yeah. So if you are a woman who has a heavy, heavy period, and you go and, you know, clean, you know, 20 houses in one day, like, you're going to feel it in your PMT week, which is generally when the arguments happen, right? Around because that's when mostly when women have um, less patience, I would say, you know, because the hormones are going a little bit wild. Um, But yeah, I've learned that it's
0: I it, feel like I stand you, up for myself more in PMT week. When I'm like, no, you do the dish. <laughs> it's not happening. And um, I'm like, no, I'm not being unreasonable. You are. Yeah, you know, that's a good week that week. There you go, self-care.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to um, liken the kind of week to like seasons, you know. And actually PMT week for me, I I relate to as like autumn. And autumn is like, yeah, we start to snuggle in snuggle down and actually your period week is your winter week um, and you get the the energy back normally the following two weeks so you know in an ideal world I think women need to, to almost plan their work around their cycle but obviously that doesn't always happen for you know cleaning businesses particularly if there's you know people who want their houses cleaned right yeah.
0: so yeah but same- it's just something
1: to be mindful of
0: Okay, so we should, because they're actually saying now, and there's some government um, talk around actually women should be allowed to have some time off for their periods.
1: I agree. I think I think that would really serve everyone. Because, um, you know, when you are, you know, like the, the expression, like pouring from an empty cup, like if you are low on energy when you've got your period, and then you're still doing all the things, you know. Just thinking about the impact then of the on their relationship, the impact on on them being a mum, or all the other roles that they might have in their life. It so, all has a ripple effect.
0: So, at the end of our periods, we then oh. get hit with the
1: menopause.
0: Okay, and and. I actually got a surprising number of people that said to me, I want you to talk to Claire about the menopause mm. so I'm going to uh, sort of tell a little story that someone, well, uh, there was a group of us talking about this and actually the reality of what they were going for, because it's not just the physical effects. These were women that were highly successful in their own careers. Um, you know, really at the top of their game. And they were in their early fifties, had supportive families and, one of them was like, I just don't believe in myself. I was sat there crying to my husband. And this is a woman who really was at the top of her game and leads teams of 200 people. And she was like, I just don't believe in myself. And my husband had to be really sort of caring and almost support this woman that had achieved so much and still was achieving so much. Suddenly, had never felt this self-doubt that she had felt when suddenly the menopause came in and it would hit at any moment and it wasn't just the hot flushes she literally at times felt like she couldn't function because Mm. emotionally and and mentally she just would fall apart and it was a complete lack of self-belief that was affecting her more than anything else Mm. so how do women sort of get navigate really something they've never navigated before? So a lot of the time if someone has suffered with anxiety, they've often had little bits and they build up to it and they learn techniques and tools, but the menopause hits like a truck.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I see um, again, you know, very much like you know, navigating your menstrual cycle, we are all going to have a very different experience. And, um, and I don't even think it follows, um, like your mum, to be honest, because I recognise that I've had a very different experience to my sister, for example, like she's been in a place of like, absolutely flawed. And um, I've actually coached a couple of menopause coaches. um, And interestingly, like along that journey, like I've learned quite a lot about their business. And you know, have very much followed their work, and I and on also being a woman, I am fifty myself. Um I am the menopause is just one day, by the way, and I'm very close to that day. One day, it feels like it. One feels day, like years, years. Nope. The actual menopause is one day. It's perimenopause, perimenopause that is like years, but menopause is just one day. So when you haven't had a period for three hundred and 65 days you are classed as menopausal
0: oh okay so it's the menopause is not when the period stop it's a year later
1: exactly so you when you've had no period for a year it's on that 366th day is that's your menopause
0: okay but let's talk about it as if like it's anyway. a
1: year of of suffering that we're going to go through before that one day you yeah know. i mean you know i from my perspective i've been navigating perimenopause i'd say for about 15 years okay and um i believe that um you have your menopause is worse if you haven't dealt with all your emotional stuff as you've been going through okay That's that's what i believe it's totally connected with which has been the theme of what we've talked about really you know, I believe it's totally connected with um, processing all of your emotional shit. And I'm talking about, you know, all the stuff that happened when you were a child, like really healing all of that deep stuff because that's essentially what impacts us, us in our adult lives. It's always, you know, the, the things that have happened in our, you know, in our, in our childhood, essentially the trauma that we're carrying. Um and I feel, yeah, that you get hit harder if you haven't dealt with that emotional kind of personal growth.
0: Okay. So that's the sort of ticking time bomb that you've got to deal with whatever's going on behind the scenes in your
1: in your mind. I mean, that's just my perspective. And that's um, you know, I feel I've navigated it really well. I've also gone through divorce in that time. Um and I don't, yeah, I have the brain fog. You know, there's moments where it's suddenly like someone just takes my words away and I'm like, hmm, thanks for that,
0: <laughs> that um, so, I always get that. You, you hear it on the podcast sometimes. I'm <laughs> going, I don't even know that word. What's the word?
1: <laughs> it's definitely, definitely cranked up that kind of suddenly, where did my words go? Um, and, you know, the, like sort of losing things. Like I've never been someone who's lost stuff but like I've lost things in the, the past few years. Um but um but I'd say otherwise I haven't didn't haven't felt like it. it's been horrific, like some people say. And I, you know, as I say, everyone has a different journey with this and I can only speak from my own experience. But I think there is a big connection between, you know, navigating the emotional stuff. So um, if
0: example someone listened to this agreed with you mm. now I, I'm aware that some people will not agree with you but let's say they agreed absolutely with you mm-hmm. and they went you know what I don't want to necessarily talk about my past that's not really my thing but I can see that maybe I don't believe in myself you know I'm afraid mm-hmm. that you know the whole load of um fears and um you know I'm afraid of success or so I don't deserve this things that you will have heard time mm-hmm. and time again what steps could they start to try to deal with this so that when the menopause comes along, it doesn't hit as hard. If, if they've got some things to deal with in the past, what's the best steps?
1: Um, do you know, I would say the first step I would advise to anyone um, is to start expressing their feelings. And I would do this by journaling. Mm-hmm. Um but generally... Or they can voice it to themselves. Voice. They could voice it to themselves in the mirror. You know, essentially, you know, when you express, you know, you're releasing it from your body. That's why, you know, as a coach, you'll know this. Like, just sometimes, for someone to be witness is is just all they need. That's really powerful. They might not need any any specific coaching. The coaching is they need need someone to hold space to be witness in all their, you know, the shame, the the parts that maybe they've been hiding or the bits that they're deeply uncomfortable around or, you know, the self-doubt, like just to voice it has a huge impact. So I'd say journaling, just expressing all of their feelings and thoughts, getting it out of their body,
0: yeah, I, I went through some of this and it's, mm. oh my goodness, I remember being in tears going, I am going to say something that I have never said. I don't even want to say this to myself. And oh my gosh, you are going to think I am the worst person in the world ever. And I said it out loud, something I truly believed about myself. And the person, a very good friend of mine actually, um, didn't judge me. And I was like, well, that didn't have any effect on anything whatsoever. We just carried on with, you know, the process that we were going through. And I was like, well that didn't change my world particularly and now I've said it and it's gone I was like how did that happen but it took me like half an hour to build up to saying it out loud and I was like no and it's horrible
1: but yeah I've been on you know calls with my coach before and she'll she talked about one one of my coaching calls where I literally spent 45 minutes literally just could not even say the thing that I wanted to say and um, yeah, it was like, there were tears, there were all such she was like, you can just say it. And <laughs> I, I, it was so uncomfortable. But now because of that experience, like now I can get to think straight away. It's like, I just say it. Yeah, sometimes it's used, about her, you know? <laughs> ah! you, you get um, used to the uncomfortableness, don't you? You get so, but,
0: exactly. then, but then the problem comes where you are so used to the uncomfortableness that you say things and you go oh I oh, didn't realize you'd all feel quite that uncomfortable about what
1: I said that's an interesting one <laughs> yeah let's that's, move on that's on. another conversation
0: <laughs> let's, let's move on so um, I'm going to talk about um moving on so women because again we're talking about women right so a lot of female business owners um how do I put this one so they have babies they start up cleaning businesses and they are very very successful as women and you will have covered this topics loads and loads of times we have had a revolution in the last 50 years women can now have babies they can work they can do crossfit to six times a week they can have it all can't they and are loving it but that's not the reality of what's happening. We are stressed out and exhausted and it's unrealistic what's expected of women. So for example, the cleaning industry is booming because women are trying to work a full-time job, have the kids, clean their house, keep it like a palace like their mum used to do without having a job. How are women possibly supposed to be successful when the expectations are so high?
1: Well, I'd say who's putting the expectation on them? Yeah, because because the art yeah, is going it... to
0: be society, isn't it? Society expects... Society.
1: and yeah, exactly. And, as so, as an example, it's
0: as an example, I had this, so uh, my daughter went to Brownies, and every week I would drop her at Brown. no, we alternated, me and my husband, and one time we were out for lunch with my, my, sorry, dinner with my mother-in-law, and it was his turn to go and drop her off at Brownies, so he had to drive her there five minutes away and come back, and she turned to me and she went, aren't you lucky that he helps you out? I was like, what? Are you kidding me that you actually said that to me out loud? And that is, and she meant it in a really kind, nice way. I mean, so when you say, who's putting this on us? Mm-hmm. Yes, we embody it ourselves, but there is a lot from every angle.
1: Yeah, and that's it. You know, like our parents, um, that's their conditioning. Like that's all they've known. And I think we are more evolved as a, as a generation. So we are able to go, yeah well it's equal like why wouldn't your husband be taking your daughter to brownie how wonderful they get quality time together right yeah. and like yeah isn't it funny how there's these defined roles you know within a marriage you know that have very very much been dictated or, or brainwashed to us and i know in my previous marriage was my husband did all the finances and anything to do with the car. So suddenly becoming a single divorced woman, woman, I um, looked after my finances. Well, I'd been doing that in my business anyway. I just wasn't doing the house stuff. But then the car, that's probably been my biggest growth opportunity ever. Um, I had to learn a lot from the car by going through a lot of mistakes um, or learns as I say.
0: And when you say the car, are we talking like changing the oil in the diet? Uh, <laughs> what all goes all on in your car, Claire?
1: Oh, all sorts. It wasn't insured at one point. It didn't have tax at one point. Um, you know, it took me about a week to open the bonnet, put the water in. It, you know, those kinds of things. <laughs> I got clamped. <laughs> but now I can I do it all.
0: Oh. I got clamped. I got what? Tax. It was the It was the time. You know when they got rid of the tax discs? I didn't have yeah. a tax disc. And I hadn't set up a direct debit at that point. I had no idea I didn't have tax. It'd been missing for a week. I got clamped. And I was like, my husband was like, what did you do? I was like, I don't even know what I did. And uh, yeah, I've never come off direct debit since then. So every time I change bank account, I'm like, you must set
1: up the tax to the DVLA. I do not want it to be clamped again. <laughs> I mean, we learn from these, these you know, these are all lessons, but it's the way we learn, isn't it? You know, and um, Nelson Mandela, once said we never lose we either win or learn but other women so i
0: find this so we, again mm. at work we have um a lot of women and they will say something oh the engine oil has come on and um i'm like okay so what do you want to do they're like well i've got engine oil i've got a tub of it in the back and i'm like is it the right one yes it's the right one i checked with the person i bought it from and i'm like well do you want to put it in now i can't why not I don't know how to, and I'm like, partly this is actually covered on your driving test. So you absolutely should know how to, and then I'll go, do you want me to do it for you? Let me go and grab some kitchen roll. I'll do it for you. So I do it for them and they're like, Oh, I can't believe you do that. I've never had a, uh, um, I always get the man to do it. And I'm like, this is, you know, this mm. is, but then I say that I currently have no pictures up in my house because I'm not allowed to hang pictures. Not because I can't bang a nail into the wall. Mm. Um, apparently I can't do it straight enough and that could be because I don't like the spirit level but you know sometimes is it that I can't or is it that they're a bit controlling like some men
1: like yeah it? exactly yeah so that's yes a, I'm not sure that's, that's a genuine the beauty thing. of li- living on your own without a man is like I put my pictures up and um yeah they probably aren't straight I don't actually care like I don't <laughs> But that's the problem. I don't care. Like it'll be right. I do it
0: by eye. It's probably far, far better. Um, So women, though, that are struggling with this because it is so common. It is the exhaustion that women are struggling. Um, in in is cleaning business owners when there are women, they are struggling like anything, and they don't know where to turn for help. And it is unfair. Where do you think sort of the equality is going? Does that make sense? Have we gone too far trying to get equality as women where we can do everything, but we're now so exhausted?
1: Oh, right, okay, yeah. I don't believe in doing everything, personally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I used to do that. that. That was like my old life was how I was, you know, what I used to call myself Wonder Woman, like I'd do all the things and it had to be all bloody as perfect as ever and oh my gosh like talk about how to kill yourself really fast like that is one way but also you know I I think it had a big impact on my marriage too and my relationship so um yeah I very much um have created a very spacious business for myself to allow space um to go slow and I think you know it's being you know speaking to all those women out there who you know are doing it all it's like actually when can you create space for yourself and what things can you actually just let go of like does it actually matter if the house is a mess not to me does it matter if it hasn't been cleaned for a week like what is more important your mindset and emotional well-being or the house being cleaned
0: And this is a tough one because I talk about this an awful lot with people Mm. and they go, well, I don't feel happy. I can't relax unless my house is clean. And that's what I get. And I'm going, really, come on. you are stressed. You're not going to bed till one in the morning because you're up cleaning your house. This is when I'm talking to potential clients. And part of me goes, yes, take me on as a cleaner because this is brilliant. And part of me goes, what are you doing to yourself? And there's the part of me that goes, I can't just let this woman sit and suffer. Um, And
1: you go, why are you doing this to yourself?
0: But this is happening.
1: Yeah, we are the cause of our own suffering. Always, are we? We create our we create our own suffering. And I'd say this is all comes back to conditioning. You know, I know for one, my mum modelled busy, and society, you know, almost like you know, kind of deems being busy as a as a mark of success. Oh, we see this
0: in the cleaning business. Yeah. If people are busy they're working 12 hours I'm working 14 hours a day but well, that's not what you should be aspiring to but that is mm-hmm. quite often what they see as not success but they don't see a way out of it
1: yeah it's it's conditioning and we have been conditioned in a uh very toxic masculine way um which is you know live in your head um society wants to reward you know kind of control and um yeah it's like the condition I call it the conditioned masculine it's like the the phrases like work hard to get results that kind of stuff you know that is essentially what we've been taught and if you think about in schools you know as well we are really taught to mm-hmm. live in our heads you know exams is all about memorizing facts it's not about diving into you know, yourself and um, and being really creative. And if you think about, you know, being an entrepreneur, essentially, um, you're creative and you're going against society, what society is taught. And I think, you know, as a cleaner, if someone's progressed from working into then suddenly being the entrepreneur and the, the CEO, like, yeah, there's a big transition because they are leaving behind all of that social conditioning, everything they've been led to believe and suddenly transitioning. So yeah, it's going to feel like a radical kind of change. But I think, you know, ultimately health is number one. You know, there is a a phrase, I don't don't really use it very often, but like health is wealth. You know, if you haven't got your health, so, you know, I think it's tuning into yourself and really listening to what feels right. And most people are just not listening. Um, I had a client yesterday th- talking about how, you know, she's surrounded by people. And she's similar age to me. She's like, surrounded by people who talk about all their aches and pains. And, you know, my body is really, really sore and achy. And I'm thinking, I feel 25. But like, I've got more energy now than I've ever had. Like, I don't feel like, my body is failing in any way and I think it it's about mindset it's about dealing with that emotional stuff but it's it's putting your needs first you can't run a business without looking after yourself first
0: I love that and it's a little bit about who you mix with as well isn't it you know who you surround yourself 100
1: so. 100 has a huge impact
0: okay um oh I had one last one for you but it's just disappeared there um <laughs> I hadn't even had it written down there so um Claire can I say thank you it has been really really interesting and some people said don't do this because it might get naughty it might be too risque but I think you kept it (laughs) really clean one little swearing slip up has been absolutely (laughs) perfect um do you want to do a little bit of a plug about what you do just before we wrap up here then you haven't named your book um and if they wanted to get in contact where could they find you
1: um, yes, thank you, Louise. I've loved this conversation. I think um, yeah, I, I imagine it will really help some of the listeners. So yeah, it's been great to talk about all things women. Um, so I the best place to find me and connect with me is either on my website, which is claredore.com, or you can find me on Facebook as Claire Dore or on Instagram and TikTok as the Wild Woman CEO. And um, Just a quick plug about how I work and coach I coach one-to-one but also have a group I also lead retreats so yeah if anyone is resonating with anything I've said then they can connect with me in any of those places but thank you for today
0: and the retreats are fun aren't they oh yes. one of your favorites are
1: powerful very powerful (laughs) I've got one in October actually which is very exciting
0: I love it. I keep watching them. Um, Thank you very much, everyone that is listening. If you want to carry on this conversation on the DCBM members group, we've started it already. I'm sure there'll be more and more going on. Lots of people have wanted to share their story off the back of even saying that we're going to be talking about uh, women's issues to you. Um, If you like this, comment, and we can do more like this. And hopefully, Claire might want to come back on in a little while. Yeah, for sure. Um, But thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Claire.